Today, Jack, the show is all about you. You're in full control. It's about your favourite area, cap space. So, mate, that's me done. This is all about you. Go. First of all, hello to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk to Jack Duffin. Let's bring in Jack Duffin. In our Westminster studio is Jack Duffin. Hello and welcome to the fifth Jack Duffin Cap Show, live and exclusive on the Paul Brown Podcast Network. So, we've finally made it. We are finally on a Tuesday show. Um, It's taken five shows, but we finally got one on the Tuesday. Fingers crossed moving forward, it's going to be more regular, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, in terms of the salary cap position for the Browns... I'm going to be honest, I'm filming on Monday late afternoon and I have got no idea what's going to happen. Gordon is in the process of being traded. Um, It looks like the 49ers at this point, but anything could happen. It's only a small hit off our salary at $490,000 plus $1. Why the plus one? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if it was to um, mean he got a different level of contract, but uh, we'll find out. And also, what's going on with the kicker? Is Dan Bailey going to somehow suddenly compete with uh, Donald and Mac for a twenty million pound, uh, twenty million dollar contract? Because after the weekend we've had with kickers in the NFL, it wouldn't surprise me if someone offers him quarterback money. Obviously, I'm only joking, guys. Before someone comes at me for that uh, ridiculous take, it wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Bailey and Des Bryant are sharing a flight at the moment on their way to Berea, um, and they're both signed by the first game. Uh, We'll see what happens. So um, that'll have, obviously, big cap hits, but uh, we need another wide receiver. We need a um, kicker, so uh, we'll see. But today's the fifth and final show on offense, so we're going to run through where we are at the moment. So, at the moment, we're paying 14 offensive linemen this year. Eight of them are on our roster. We've got three in dead money and three on our practice squad. So, the roster's coming in at just under 35 million, which is about 19.5%. You've got dead cap at 1.26%, which is 2.25 million, and the practice squad at a tiny 0.21% which is just under half a million so total you're looking at about 21% uh, and about 37 million and if we look at who they are you've got Zeitler on 12.4 million which is 7% you've got Tretter which is 675,000 it's not. It's 6.75 million, which is 3.81%. Betonio at 6 million, which is 3.39%. Hubbard at 5.8 million, which is 3.27%. Corbett is about 1.35 million, just over, which is 0.77%. Robinson and Watford are both 790,000, which is 0.45%. And Harrison at 486,666, which is 0.27%. So we've got 
eight on the active roster at the moment. I think we'll be going back up to nine very soon. I think what they decided to do, they brought in quite a few new interior defensive linemen and they're sort of working out who they want to keep, who they want to move over. And once they sort that out, I think one of them will go and we're going to see an extra offensive lineman signed. Who that will be, don't know yet, but uh, keep an eye out for that as a move. Dorsey's got a history of having nine offensive linemen on the roster and it's sort of the average for most teams in the NFL. So... What's the target and what should we be aiming for? So we're currently 21%. Um, the target should be 13.5% for your nine offensive linemen, which comes out at 23.9 million this year. And here's the breakdown of where those numbers come from. So Zach Moore, who wrote Caponomics, Building a Super Bowl Champion, analysed all the most recent Super Bowl winners and found... The target should be about 11% of your salary cap on the starting five O-linemen. So if you're aiming for the very, very best of the bunch, you're talking about spending tier one 14 to 19%. That's what we found down the years. The middle of the road, 9% to 14%. And tier three is about 5% to 9%. So you can do differently, but you're aiming for around that 11% mark. And I think it's obvious at the moment, after this year, we move on from Tyrod and you've got Baker. And one thing you might look to do as a team, if you're saving, let's say, 10% of the NFL salary cap on having that rookie QB, you're looking at where you spend that money on your offense, if you keep it all that side of the ball, then you might go and spend 5% extra on your O-line and it makes sense because if you've got a rookie and you can give him an extra 0.2 or 0.5 seconds to hold that ball, it can make the world of difference. So where's that money spent and on individuals if we look at them? You're looking sort of across all the positions. You're tier one of the markets somewhere between 3% and 7%. Um, your tier 2 is between 1.5% and 3%. Your tier 3 is 0.25% and 1.5%. And how I'd break that down to create my target of the 13.5%, I'm looking at, you have one tier 1 player on your roster um, at 3 to 7%. You'd have two tier 2 players coming in at between 1.5% and 3%. Two players that you took in the first or second round, so somewhere between 0.5% and 2% on their cap. And then four players who are on their sort of third to seven round rookies, which comes in at quarter to half a percent. And yeah, you might go and replace some of those uh, rookies with cheap players who are veterans, so there's not a massive difference there, but you don't want to be paying too many um, once you get into that depth positions. And how I'd balance it out, I'm looking at roughly four of those nine players I'd have as tackles, and then you've got about five for the internal. So let's say uh, two starting guards, a backup guard, a starting centre, a backup centre. And all nine might not be active. You might um, have one of those tackles inactive on game day, and that, that's fine. You can survive with eight O-linemen. There is sort of a myth in the NFL still that left tackles are twice as important as right tackles. 
And I'm not your guy to break that down, so I'd recommend go and listen to uh, some of the guys like PFF um, Forecast, where in the off-season they went into great detail on the difference. And the difference that they're paid is insane, the amount of variation. And whereas, in all honesty, there's not that much difference. You've got rushers like Von Miller who prefer rushing the uh, right tackle than the left tackle. And most teams these days, they've got two good pass rushers. So the whole blind side of every team's only got one good pass rusher and you've got to make sure you've got an amazing left tackle just isn't that true. You heard the Browns O-line coach, Hard Knocks Hero, was uh, doing an interview with Cleveland Browns Daily in the off-season where he was talking about the research from PFF and he agreed with it. He said the evidence is there. There's not that much difference, but there's a massive difference in the amount they're paid. And that's why there's sort of a growing trend coming that you draft your left tackles. They're only really there, the high-end ones, in the first round unless there's someone like Harrison that failed piss tests and just uh, a bit of a problem child. And it wouldn't surprise me if we replace him um, this coming off-season just because someone with that much character concern even though they might look good at times and he might develop into a really good player, I want someone more solid as a backup. And then on your right tackle, if you can't hit him in the draft, don't worry that you might have had a left tackle that you move across. Go out and pay him in free agency. Um, it's irrational, the difference in price. So exploit market efficiencies. If people are willing to save five million on your right tackle compared to your left tackle, then you draft one and you go get one in free agency. So for me, try get everyone through the draft. It should always be your aim on the O-line, but don't be afraid to go out and pay a right tackle. Um, it's cheap, make the most of it and see what happens. So in terms of your drafting, if there's a left tackle and you need a left tackle, go get him in round one. Um, there was only really for me, McGlinchey was the one I saw that I thought, he could have been the real deal. If we'd have decided to trade back maybe with the Bills, um, it might have been a pick we then made um, there. But um, there was no point. He wasn't good enough to go at pick four. And in terms of the interior O-line, your guards and centres, I don't think they're worth a first-round pick. Even though Quinn and Nelson was my boy in the draft, he's the only, I'd say, non-bust prospect that was in there. He is going to be a pro bowler. Probably, if he's not this year, I reckon if he stays healthy, he'll be a pro bowler for every year of his 10-year NFL career. He was that good. Um, but I'd still, I'm not touching him in the first round. I just don't think he provides enough value. So you just go out and you, you sign them and get that O-line sorted. So my concern looking at our team is the insane amount of money spent on our O-line. At the moment, you're looking at 21% of our NFL salary cap is tied up in the O-line. And if you're looking overall at an offense, you're aiming for 49.5% of your salary cap to be on offense. Those numbers are by Zach Moore. So again, guys, download the book. I know some of you have. Um, go and get it. It's a fantastic read. But if you're saying 21% of your 49% is tied up in that O-line, and then if you sign a quarterback to, let's say, 10%, between your O-line and quarterback, that's over 30% of your salary cap, and it only leaves you a smaller amount to get your tight ends, your running backs, your wide receivers. So for me, 
we've got to find a way to make this cheaper. And I think Corbett, if he can produce, and uh, I wasn't a big fan of the pick, but if he can step up and become our right guard, I think Zeitler could easily get traded this offseason. He's a good player. He's not worth 12.4 million when you can get a cheaper option. So they'll find a team out there that will trade him. And you've got very little in terms of dead cap if you decided to move on from him. And I think you could get a reasonably solid pick for him. I don't think you're going to get a worldie, but um, so someone will be able to pay you a uh, decent enough amount. And if you were just to trade him off now, you'd only be left with 2.4 million dead cap, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that much. And then if you look to trade him off next um, season or even just in the off-season, um, it's still that um, 2.4 million. So, uh, no, make the move and um, get it done. So, if we're looking at where that leaves the team, if sort of looking, let's say, the next two years ahead, um, I reckon Corbett's either going to become our right guard or our centre, so Tretter or Zeitler. It wouldn't surprise me if we draft a centre um, on day two of the draft next year and move Tretter on. Um, I don't think he's had the best start. He's solid, don't get me wrong, um, but for me, if, if I'm paying nearly 4% of my salary cap to a starting O-lineman, I want better than just solid. Um, so let's see what happens. And just so a quick recap on the offense, just go through my targets. 49.5% um, is Zach Moore's target on offense. Left 13% to go to your uh, quarterback room. 4% to your four running backs slash fullback. 11% um, across your six wide receivers. 8% um, over your three tight ends and 13.5% amongst your O-line. And once this finishes, because I've very much gone with what's the standard lineup for teams that, um, in terms of an offense, and that's why I've gone with the three quarterbacks, four running backs slash fullbacks, six wide receivers, three tight ends, nine O-linemen. Once I get to the end of this and I've finished the defense, I've been asked to do some what-if scenarios and also... We're going to um, look at how my roster would look. So I've set the targets for what I think you should do if you've got six wide receivers. If I had my way, there certainly wouldn't be six wide receivers on my roster. Um, and I've spoke before about positionless football. I know Duke Johnson at least had one snap as a um, slot receiver last game and um, against the Saints. It would surprise me if we see some more. He's a very talented individual, so uh, let's try and get the most out of him. So thanks a lot, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack Duffin, J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. Any questions, get in touch. DM them to Paul, and I can take them up on the next show. There hasn't been any big contracts this week, but uh, I think there will be some moves, maybe not before the um, Saints game, other than a kicker, not the Saints game, the Jets game, because it's midweek. But um, we might see some stuff, and especially having the extra half a week after that, you might see some new things on offense. Fingers crossed, um, if I get my way, we're going to see Baker and head coach Todd Haley um, by the time week four rolls around. But uh, hey, let's see what happens. 
Have a good week, guys, and I'll see you soon.